Many years ago, I was driving down the highway, and I picked up a young man who was hitchhiking. I asked him, as though I was looking for directions, "'How do you get to heaven from here?' This particular fellow answered, "'Go to church and pay your tithes.' Decades, decades ago, rather, I sat in a college sociology class, and the teacher asked the class, "'How do you get to heaven?' About six hundred years of cumulative pew-sitting were present in the classroom. The two answers proffered were, one, go to church and obey the Ten Commandments. Two, it's not necessary to go to church. Live a good life and don't hurt anyone, and you'll make it to heaven. The class, with the exception of a couple students, cast their votes for answers one or two, with the instructor choosing one. Do you know how to get to heaven from here? What would your answer be? Form it in your mind before we continue. I raised my hand in the class and asked the sociology teacher if he would accept Jesus Christ as an authority on how to get to heaven. The teacher responded that he would. I explained that both answers on the chalkboard were incorrect and then quoted the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit. Have you been born again? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you like to have all your sin and shame expunged from your record? Would you like a new father, a new name, a new eternal purpose, a real peace that passes understanding and the power to live for Christ? God said, man said, has good news for you. Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. This is how you get to heaven. Now for today's subject. God said, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. God said, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19, The way of the wicked is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. Man said, according to Victor Stanger in the Free Inquiry, So what had to happen to start the universe was the formation of an empty bubble of highly curved space-time. How did this bubble form? What caused it? Not everything requires a cause. It could have just happened spontaneously as one of the many linear combinations of universe that has the quantum numbers of the void. Now the record. How marvelous are the words of God. Truly they are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because the deeds of men are evil, they find themselves in a constant dodge, even dodging their own discoveries that shout God over and over again. This is God Said, Man Said, feature article 518 that proves the full veracity of Holy Writ. These features are archived in text and streaming audio. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. These faith-building features can be printed or downloaded at no charge as long as they are freely given. Be assured, saints, that God's word is true and righteous altogether. Your childlike faith has been built upon the solid rock. Welcome to God Said, Man Said. May the face of God shine upon you with light and truth. 
It was Darwin's position that with the coming growth in scientific knowledge and the millions of fossils that would subsequently be unearthed and that would supply the missing links, that God would be proved irrelevant. Unfortunately for Darwin and his disciples, the opposite is the case. When the biblical detractors are confronted with ridiculous contradiction to their skepticism, they put their heads in the sand and relegate the obvious contradiction to coincidence or pure chance. Even the origin of the universe and life itself is assigned to pure chance. Chance has become the god of the ungodly. This is Feature 10 in the It Is Just Pure Chance series. Prepare yourself for the pseudoscience dodge. Each issue we discuss will be followed by the listing of a God-said, man-said feature or two that deals with the subject. It's just a coincidence that God heavily endorses raw honey and that it is part of the name of God's great promise to his people, the land of milk and honey, and that carnaldom has rejected it for their preferred products, white sugar, and sundry other life-threatening sweetener substitutes. It's just a coincidence that science has discovered the following. During his research into the centenarians of Russia's Caucasus Mountains, Professor Nikolai Vasilevich Sitsin, a biologist and experimental botanist associated with the Longevity Institute of the then USSR, found a common bond among these oldsters he thought was very noteworthy. He discovered that they were mostly beekeepers and that their principal foods were products of the hive. Their habit was to keep the raw honey for their own consumption and to sell off the processed honey. These centenarians, of course, lived past a hundred years, and some lived to be as much as 150 years old. I thought it also noteworthy that beekeepers suffer less from cancer and arthritis than any other occupational group worldwide. Dr. Pavel Oerola, author of Health Secrets from Europe, has written, Honey is a perfect food. It contains large amounts of vitamins, minerals, being particularly rich in vitamins B and C. It contains almost all vitamins of the B complex, which are needed in the system for the digestion and metabolism of sugar. Honey is also rich in minerals such as calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, silicone, etc. This is specifically true of the darker varieties such as buckwheat. The vitamin C content varies considerably depending on the source of the nectar. Some kinds may contain as much as 300 milligrams of vitamin C per 100 grams of honey. In addition, honey glucose boosts the absorption of essential minerals such as zinc, calcium, and magnesium, while ordinary sugar can actually leach these same minerals from the body. Eating white sugar can weaken bones and even block growth by inhibiting the amount of calcium absorption in the intestinal system, hence the bones do not receive the calcium they need. Raw honey can rightfully be considered a living food. White sugar is a dead substance devoid of vitamins and minerals. Concerning sucrose, white sugar, for instance, and honey and diabetics, it has been noted by Dr. Jay Carpenter of the University of Hawaii that the complex sugars in honey move into the bloodstream at a slower rate and are therefore less likely to cause an overstimulation of insulin production. Add to this the fact that honey is twice as sweet as sugar, so you can use half as much in a given recipe. Also, you can see that diabetics are far less likely to shock themselves with honey as a sweetening agent than with white sugar. 
The Associated Press reports since 1995, the Honey Research Unit at the University of Waikato in New Zealand has been studying the antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, and antioxidant properties of honey. Last year, Australia approved honey as a medicine, and an Australian company began marketing medicinal honey as a wound dressing. Unlike white sugar, honey provides a sustained, a sustained rather, energy release without hypoglycemia, especially important for athletes. Bodybuilders will be glad to know that bee pollen has five to seven times more protein than that found in beef. Honey has proven to be an athlete's endurance a treat and totally free of man's fingerprints. In Healing from the Hive, it is reported that honey increases calcium absorption, can increase uh, hemoglobin count, and treat or prevent anemia caused by nutritional factors. When combined with vinegar, can help arthritic joints fight cold and respiratory infections of all kinds. When used externally, speeds the healing process, can help to boost gastrointestinal ulcer healing, works as a natural and a, a gentle laxative, provides an array of vitamins and minerals, and supplies instant energy without the insulin surge caused by white sugar. Raw honey not tampered with is the glory of creation. It is estimated that in a pound of raw honey dwells the nectar from over 21 million visits to the flowers of the field. The beauty, the sweetness, and their powerful life force, all prepared by the finger of God. Shouldn't raw honey be set at your table? God said in Proverbs 24, 13, 14, My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then there shall be a reward, and thy expectations shall not be cut off. Raw honey, just a coincidence. It's just pure chance that God said Noah and the global flood, and that ancient non-biblical accounts defy the skeptics with a resounding yes. The following excerpt is from the book Inside the Mysteries of the Bible. Many of the ancient flood stories include a leader with a name strangely similar to the one used in the Bible's account, Noah. Among them are No, Nu, Now, No, Manu, Ma means water, Nu means Noah, Manoah, Noah's water, and many sue for water and more. End of quote. Uh, just, just pure chance. It is just a coincidence that Job 28 verse 9 reads, he putteth forth his hand upon the rock, he overturneth the mountains by the roots, and that geologists have discovered the overturning of mountains to be a reality. Geologist William Hoche in the ICR periodical Back to Genesis. Most freshman geology students are impressed to learn of whole mountain ranges that have been upfaulted by 30,000 feet, often overturning strata on their flanks. Sections of sedimentary rock 1,000 feet or more in thickness have obviously been overturned in true topsy-turvy fashion in Nevada's Basin and Range Province. Whole mountains are known to have slid 60 miles or more. Even more impressive overturnings are known in the subsurface of western Wyoming, where oil-bearing sandstone layers have been folded repeatedly, having been overturned by the thrusting or sliding of gigantic slices of earth, end of quote. Of course, this occurred as a result of the global flood in Genesis. 
It's just pure chance that the scriptures teach the average lifespan of man before the flood to be 911 years, and that Genesis chapter 5 verse 27 records the following of the Bible's oldest man. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 9 years, and he died. And that numerous ancient historians record that man once lived a thousand years. Now consider the following from the God said, man said feature, historians, and 911 years. If men lived an average pre-flood life of 911 years, or basically 13 times longer than we do today, and they certainly did, then much of the world's knowledge that rejects this biblical record would have a very distorted view of reality, and it certainly does. Just two points will be briefly discussed to illustrate. Number one, Neanderthal man. The Neanderthal man is showcased by Darwinian scientists as an evolutionary progression to today's modern man. The following excerpt is from the God Said Man Said feature title, Adam Was to Live Forever. Tremendously long pre-flood lifespans answer many questions. Consider Neanderthal man, one of the evolutionists' supposed links between ape and man. See Neanderthal man on this website. Because pseudoscience has rejected the Bible and the creation model, the following truth has escaped the followers of pseudoscience. A.L. Gillen writes in his book, Body by Design, the following. Dr. Jack Cazeau, a research orthodontist for over 30 years in his book, Buried Alive, explains Neanderthal man's skeletons. His studies show that the human head does not stop growing as we age. Contrasting the measurements of people's heads when they were 19 in their late 40s and some at age 80, he discovered that the head changed in the following manner. 1. The brow ridge came forward. 2. The jaw came forward. 3. The nose got bigger. 4. The chin came forward. 5. The cheeks came forward and flattened out. 6. The teeth came forward. 7. The back of the head started to point out. Think of a baby's soft head. It is fashioned with cartilage as well as bone. Our skull gradually changes over time from fetus to infant to adolescent to adult. But more recently, Dr. Jack Cazeau has found that our skull continues to change in our old age, and assuming man could live to 150, 200, 300, or even 500 years of age, this pattern of change would produce an individual that looked remarkably like Neanderthal, man, end of quote. Just pure chance. Bible detractors have roundly ridiculed the biblical record of giants, such as Og, the king of the giants, whose bedstead was about 14 feet long and found by the archaeologists, by the way, or nearly 10 feet tall Goliath. It's just a coincidence that we find the following excerpts in the God Said, Man Said feature giants too. Flavius Josephus, one of the greatest historians of all times, writes the following in chapter 5 of the Antiquities of the Jews. For which reason they removed their camp to Hebron, and when they had taken it, they slew all the inhabitants. There were till then left the race of giants, who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing." The bones of these men are still shown to this very day, unlike to any credible relations of other men. Again, according to the research collected by Deloche, Pliny mentions that in the reign of Claudius, A.D. 41-54, a nine-foot, nine-inch giant named Gabarus 
was brought to Rome from Arabia. Claudius placed him at the head of his famed legions. The giant so awed his troops that some worshipped him as a god. And again, during his principate, Caesar Augustus, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14, assigned two giants who towered over ten feet tall to lead the Roman armies into battle. On account of this remarkable height, writes Pliny, the bodies of the two giants were preserved in the tomb in Salus Gardens. Their names were Pusio and Secundilla, end of quote. The defense of the skeptics, when confronted with the obvious truth of the scriptures, is pure chance and coincidence. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 12. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. God said, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Man said, according to Victor Stanger in the Free Inquiry, So what had to happen to start the universe was the formation of an empty bubble of highly curved space-time. How did this bubble form? What caused it? Not everything requires a cause. It could have just happened spontaneously, as one of the many linear combinations of universe that has the quantum numbers of the void. Foolishness, isn't it? Now you have the record.